Well, it would be my joy if you would join me in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And it would be my joy also if you would join me uh, as I preach and as you listen in, in praying and asking the Lord that he might answer uh, our prayers for, for this to happen in our hearts and in our lives, that we would be a praying church, that we would be a praying people, that we would be burdened to, to not keep the things that burden us to ourselves, but to cast our burdens upon the Lord, for he is ready to listen, he is ready to answer us. This is Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. It says this, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you might help us this morning become a praying church, to become a praying people. Lord, this... This passage has been a burden this week. It's been heavy on my heart, Lord, and Lord, just ask that you would make us no longer prayerless, but you would make us a prayerful people for the sake of our families, for the sake of our marriages, for the sake of this neighborhood and the nations, Lord, that you would make us a praying people and that you would do much through the prayers of your pre people to to bring justice, to change hearts, Lord, to move mountains. And Lord, we pray this for the glory of your name and for the joy that is waiting for us. Lord, if we pray. Lord, help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there was a rumor going around this week, maybe you heard it, that they were going to close down the schools. I don't know if you heard that, but... The cases of flu were too high. There were too many students out. There were too many teachers sick, not enough subs. One teacher actually told my wife, Rebecca, she said, I had 20 kids out in one of my classes. That's a lot of kids. So, so the school tells the parents, they send out emails and information. They say, hey, watch out for these symptoms. Watch out for a, a dry cough for chills, for fatigue, for a high fever. Watch out for this. Your kid might have the flu. Now, there's no chance that we're going to stop or close down the church from gathering on a Sunday, but 
But what if we were looking out for symptoms today of a heart that's lacking in faith? But what if we were looking for, for symptoms of a heart that, that might be sick, a heart that wasn't trusting in the Lord, a heart that had grown weary and started giving up? What would be the symptoms that we would look for? Well, I think one of the top symptoms for a sick heart, a heart lacking in faith, would be prayerlessness. It would be a lack of prayer in God's people. Because two of the natural desires for God's people, for, for a child of God who's been made alive, who's been given a heart that knows the Father in heaven, is to hear him speak to us in his word like we're doing this morning. And when we do, alone with the Lord, and to speak to the Lord in prayer. So a, a prayerless life is a sign that, that either one, you have bad theology, like you believe something untrue about God, like, like prayer just doesn't work. Prayer doesn't change anything. It's just something we do, but it doesn't affect anything. Or God will not listen to me because of my past sin is too bad, so he won't listen to me. Or I'm not good enough, and so he won't listen to me. Those are, that's bad theology about prayer. Or I only come to God when I need something. So prayer is just transactional for me. That's bad theology. That's believing something untrue about prayer, about what it means to speak to God. But but the other reason, maybe it's not bad theology, maybe a prayerless life is a sign that there's a disconnect with the good theology that you do believe. There's a disconnect in, in what you know to be true of God and his word and what you've learned about God. And, and maybe this morning your heart says, it, it doesn't feel like God is listening to me anymore doesn't feel like he is hearing me. Maybe you're someone that says, God never answers my prayer. No matter how much I pray, nothing seems to change. It just does no good. I'm growing tired of asking, growing weary. I'm losing heart. And, and Jesus, listen, Jesus knows that all of this can happen in my heart and happen in your heart. All of this can happen in the heart of a Christian and so we open up Luke 18, and we hear Jesus telling this story to his disciples and telling this story to us, the story of a persistent widow. And in verse 1, he tells us very clearly the reason for this parable. Jesus tells this story so that his people will keep praying and will not lose heart. That's why the Lord has you here today, so that you would be a follower of Christ who would keep praying and not lose heart. That, that's the fruit that he wants from this sermon as you leave, that your prayerless heart that's, that's struggling to, to believe your father wants to listen to you, that he is listening to you even this morning when you're praying. He, he wants your prayerless heart that is given up believing anything could ever change. Changing your marriage, changing your child's heart, cha changing your job, change with your sickness, 
change in your own heart. He wants you to keep praying and not lose heart. That's the goal of this sermon. That's the hope of Jesus for you, that you would be not a prayerless heart, but a prayerful heart that keeps praying and keeps trusting the Lord. So the first thing we see this morning is to keep praying, God is listening. Jesus tells us, keep praying, God is listening. Jesus tells this story about a heartless judge and a helpless widow. The judge doesn't love God and could care less about people. Could not care less about people. He doesn't respect their opinion. He doesn't care if he's liked. He doesn't love anybody. This is the actual definition of a godless or a heartless person. Why why is that? Well, what are the two greatest commandments that Jesus gives us? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And this judge says, no, I'm good. I don't care about either one. The judge is loveless towards God and loveless towards his neighbor, towards everybody else but himself. And now there was this helpless widow, a widow who is powerless and voiceless in society. That's what a widow is, powerless and voiceless in that society of that day. She, she, listen, she has nothing to offer the judge, zero to offer the judge. Like she has no money to bribe him with, no social standing in societies that he might need some of, some of her reputation. All she has is her persistence. It's all she has is her persistent pleading her desperate, her desperation for justice that will not stop. So when this helpless and powerless and voiceless widow keeps coming and keeps knocking on his door, he is ticked off. Like he's really bothered. He feels pestered by her persistence over and over, day after day. She's relentless. And the only reason he listens to her, the only reason, is because she won't stop asking. She won't quit coming. She won't stop knocking and seeking. Listen, the Lord has never once been bothered by the sound of his children. I want you to believe that this morning. The Lord has never once been bothered by the sound of of his children. The Lord has never been felt pestered by your persistence, by your presence, even if it's day after day, even if it's minute after minute. Our Heavenly Father has never experienced an interruption. Like he's never felt inconvenienced by any of you coming to him. In fact, the Lord wants you to come. The Lord invites you to come. Prayer was not your idea. 
Prayer was his glorious idea that his children would bring their burdens and their worries and their cares and their restlessness and their weariness to him. Remember the invitation from Jesus earlier in Luke chapter 11. We studied it a couple months ago. Jesus says this, and I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. The, the Lord is inviting you. The Lord loves to hear desperate prayers from the lips of his desperate children. One of the most pleasing things our Heavenly Father could hear from you today is simply you saying, help me. Not you having all the answers, not you trying to prove that you have it all together, enough good works for him, but for you to simply come in desperation and say, Lord, help me. You know, Tim Keller says that the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. to ask for a glass of water is a child. We have that kind of access. The only person that knocks on the door, that wakes up a king at 3 a.m. is his child, and we have that kind of access. You know, this week I was thinking about the Trinity, and I was thinking about prayer because he says clearly here, and will not God give justice to his elect? Did you know that the, the Trinity has been experiencing endless joyful fellowship for all eternity. Like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have enjoyed eternal joyful fellowship for all eternity. They have never got tired of one another. They have never been bothered by one another, never been inconvenienced. They love being together. They love listening to one another. And now through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have VIP access into this eternal, joyful fellowship of God. It's incredible when you think about that. This is, you shouldn't be yawning when you come to think about you have been invited into the fellowship, the joyful, everlasting fellowship of the Trinity. That we have access to the Father's loving and listening ear. Through the precious blood shed for us on the cross and the ever ongoing intercession of the Son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says even when we don't have the words to pray, when we don't know what to pray, when we're tired of praying, the Bible says in Romans 8 that the Spirit groans for us. He speaks words for us when we don't know what to pray, when we don't know how to pray. And so it hit me when I was thinking about that this week that when you pray, the most likely person to be disengaged and disinterested in prayer is you. It's not the father who loves to listen to his children. It's not the son who ever intercedes for you. It's not the spirit who groans for you. It's you who grows prayerless disinterested 
But child of God, listen, your heavenly father loves, always loves to hear your voice. This is the contrast in Luke 18 is teaching us. Your heavenly father is not like this heartless judge who feels bothered by your begging, who feels pestered by your persistence, who who feels inconvenience when you cry out due to injustice or when you bring your burdens because of your marriage or you're pleading for joy once again or you're asking God to move in your lost child's life. And your heavenly father is not like your earthly father. Some of you, you've had earthly fathers that you would not characterize as always caring, always welcoming, always listening. Maybe when you came to him with a request, you you maybe felt like you were the interruption, that you were the inconvenience. When it's during the big game and he's yelling at the TV because Tennessee is killing Kentucky or when he's on an important phone call that's so important, maybe you feel like you can get in the way. But as our friend Tim Kaine taught us, our Heavenly Father comes and says, I am not like that. I'm not like that harsh judge that's heartless. I'm not like your earthly father. Sons and daughters, would you just come to me? Sons and daughters of our good father, I don't want you to go away. I I don't want you to leave. I want you to never stop coming. Listen, brothers and sisters, you've never brought a burden to the Lord that he's been bothered by. You've never brought a burden to the Lord that he's been bothered by. He says, we heard it earlier from 1 Peter, cast your cares upon me. Cast your burdens upon me because I care for you. Do you believe this? Fathers, let's be a beautiful picture of our heavenly father who's always listening and never is inconvenienced. Children, children of God, let's keep praying. Day after day, minute after minute, our Father is always listening. He's always listening. Second and finally, keep trusting God is answering. Keep trusting God is answering. The heartless judge finally helps this helpless widow in the parable. And he doesn't do this because he has this change of heart. This isn't Ebenezer Scrooge on Christmas morning feeling better about anybody. No, he does not fear the Lord and he could could not care less about her, but he answers her persistent cry for justice for one reason and one reason only, to get her quiet, to make her go away. Now, mom and dad, let's be honest, we've been there before. Like, we'll all probably be there tomorrow night. Our our kids are there tomorrow night, 
and they're asking just for one more piece of candy, right? Like, mom, dad, please, just one more peanut butter log. No, like nobody has, they won't say that tomorrow. Nobody will ever say, okay, one more Milky Way. If you bought peanut butter logs, can you just get the receipt, take them back to Kroger today? No, one more Milky Way, one more Snickers. And what do you say? No, you say, you've had enough candy. They ask again, no, you'll ruin your dinner. They ask again, no, your tummy is going to hurt. It's not going to end well. And if you think that a widow is persistent, give, give an eight-year-old a bag, a full bag of trick-or-treat candy on Halloween night in their room. And they're going to wear you down. Like, before long, she's had the equivalent of four king-size candy bars and zero broccoli. Like, the dinner you just stowed away, right? Like, we must confess mom and dad, that we as parents often parent out of convenience. We just want to parent out of whatever's easiest for us in the moment. While our heavenly father always parents out of steadfast love. He always parents out of steadfast love. He always does the most loving thing for you. you. You can have confidence today that your good, good father always wants and always answers what's best for you. See, this heartless judge answers the helpless widow simply so she'll go away. While our heavenly father always answers our helpless prayers and says, would you please come again? Would you please come again? Does this surprise you? Does it surprise you this morning when I say that the Lord always answers your persistent prayers? Because this is the clear point of the parable. This is what Jesus wants to drive deep into the heart of all his children today. If, if a heartless judge will answer a helpless widow's persistent request, who he does not care, who he does not care about, how much more will a heavenly father whose steadfast love endures forever, answer his children that he loves. Answer his persistent, diligent children whom he loves. Now, this doesn't mean that the Lord answers all your prayers in the way that you've asked him to. God's not a, a heavenly ATM who gives you whatever you want whenever you want it. Like, like, God is not a holy Starbucks that wants to give you your two-shot espresso, one-shot pump of caramel pumpkin spice latte, and then say, let me know if you like it. If you don't, I'll try to do something you'll like better. Come back, and I'll help you. No, listen, God is answering every single one of your prayers in the way that will bring you the most eternal joy and him the most eternal glory. I'm going to say that again. God is answering every single one of your prayers in the way that will bring you the most eternal joy and him the most eternal glory. Every single one of them. 
Again, listen to what Pastor Tim Keller says. God will either give you what you ask for or what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knew. How freeing is that? How comforting is that? God will either give you what you asked for or he'll give you what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knew. How comforting is that for the most weary among us today? For the most broken among us today, the one who wants to give up right now and grow weary and lose heart, God wants to give you what you asked for or what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knew. That means if we could zoom out right through into eternity right now, every single one of us would say, God is good and was good all the time. If we could zoom out into eternity, we would say God is good and God was good every second of my life, all the time. It's like the story Pastor Brian shared with me this past week from Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was visiting one of his orphanages in London that he had built and He's visiting the room of a dying boy who's lying in bed. And the story goes that while he's visiting with this dying boy, there's kids outside laughing, playing outside, having fun. And Spurgeon looks compassionately at this boy and he says this, Son, Jesus loves you. He bought you with his precious blood and he knows what is best for you. It seems hard for you to lie here and listen to the shouts of the healthy boys outside at play. But soon, Jesus will take you home and then he will tell you the reason and you will be so glad. Jesus will one day take you home. Brothers and sisters, and he will tell you the reason and you will be so glad because he's doing everything for his glory and your eternal joy. See, we as God's children, we, we don't pray hoping God does what we think is best. We pray in faith, trusting that God will always do what he knows is best. So brothers and sisters, pray believing not only that God is listening but that he will answer you. If a heartless, unjust, selfish judge would answer the persistent cries for justice from a widow, how much more your heavenly father? Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus the son who knows better than anybody his father's heart in verse seven. Will not God give justice to his elect? who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. So the question this morning is, are we going to believe that Jesus knows the heart of his father or are we going to doubt it? Because Jesus tells us his father will answer us, his children. He will answer us.
the question we have to ask this morning is, do we actually believe that prayer works? Does our theology actually believe that prayer works? Do we really believe not that prayer changes God's plan, but that it accomplishes God's plan? That's central to the plan of God. The way that he moves in our world is through his people praying and pleading day after day, moment after moment. Like, do we believe the way that God brings justice? That the way God changes hearts, that the way that God moves mountains is through prayer. Because if this is not your theology of prayer, that prayer actually works, you're going to be prayerless. I say this every time we get together as at a family prayer, which a family prayer is what we have this Wednesday night at church if you want to come and join us. Family prayer is simply a, a special time where we get to move mountains together as a church. Think of it that way. It's a special time where we get to move mountains together as a church. And I say this, do you believe that, they'll, that things will happen because we're praying here together tonight that would not have happened if we didn't pray? Do you believe that things are going to happen because we prayed together tonight that wouldn't have happened if we didn't pray? Do you believe the power of prayer? You know, the truth is, is every single one of us will persist in what we prioritize. Like if, if one of us in here today wants to run a marathon, you'll reorganize everything in your life, and you're going to have to. You'll rearrange your diet. You'll get up early at 5 a.m. every day. You'll reorder your weekends to run just to get ready for a marathon. If you want to get that big buck this year, talking to some of y'all gun season next week, right? If you want to get the... If you want to get that big buck, you're going to reorganize everything to maybe plot out the land, to lay out the corn. I think that works. Put, put up a stand. Like crawl out early in the morning quietly so nobody hears you just to get there so you can get that 10-pointer. Like if you want a promotion at work, if you want to Finish a home project. If you want to lose weight, if you want to learn an instrument, you'll rearrange your schedule, reorder your priorities to make it happen. Think about the little kid that went up to the, the concert pianist and said, man, I would give my life to play like that. And the concert pianist said, I have. I have given my life. So let me ask you, when's the last time you reordered your life, re rearranged your mornings, reorganized your schedule so you could persist in prayer. So you could persist in prayer because talking to the Lord is the most important thing that you do in a day. I want our hearts to grasp this reality. This, I want my heart to grasp this reality this morning. To be shaken by this truth. Because listen, the God of the universe is ready and willing to listen to my prayer. My heavenly father, 
He not only wants to hear my prayer, he wants to answer my prayers. And yet I keep saying, I'm so busy. And you keep saying, I'm so busy. I believe that with all my heart that God wants to answer the persistent prayers of Christ's fellowship. That's what he desires of us. We already read it in the passage, right? That we would not, that we would always pray and not lose heart. Our persistent praying for the unborn. Our persistent praying for justice for Ukraine. Our persistent prayers for our lost family and friends. For healing of sick people around us. Our persistent praying for crippling anxiety, for addictions, for our struggling marriages, for this lost neighborhood, for Western's campus. Our persistent praying for unreached peoples who have never heard of the name of Jesus. Three billion people who've never heard of the name of Jesus. And the Lord wants us to be a part of that work through prayer. Our persistent praying for even our own hearts, for our, our joy. Lord, fill my heart with joy. Fill my heart with faith. Listen, one day when we get to glory, what if, what if the only explanation that God gave you for unanswered prayers was, you quit asking me? You just quit asking. You, you didn't ask me. We will persist in praying for the things that we really care about. And in everything else, we'll be prayerless. I was recently convicted by a verse from a, a small verse about a preface a preface in uh, Colossians 4. And this is what it says. Colossians 4.12. Listen to this verse. It says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Did you hear that? It's, it's a throwaway verse. You've probably read it a hundred times. You've probably skipped over it a hundred times. But Colossians 4 says this about Epaphras. That he's always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. And I'm reading that and I'm saying, who, who could say that about me? Like, who could say that about you? That you're always struggling on their behalf. Who in your life can say that about you? That you're always struggling on their behalf in prayer. Could, could anybody say that? I mean, even Jesus in verse 8 at the end says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find this kind of persistent faith and prayer on the earth? Well, praise the Lord that there is one who always persisted in prayer. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you'll remember that night in the garden when the disciples were all falling asleep 
when they were all asked to pray and they were all falling asleep. Remember, what did Jesus keep doing? Jesus kept praying to the Father. And remember when they were dozing off, when they were prayerless and not pleading to the Father with him, Jesus is sweating drops of blood and he's pleading, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And listen, the Lord would have been just to take the cup of God's wrath from Jesus, who is righteous, and make you drink down that cup of wrath because you are a sinner. Think about that reality. The Father would have been just to take the cup of God's wrath from Jesus and to make you drink it down because of your sin. But hallelujah that the Father did not answer this persistent prayer. For the cup of wrath to be taken from Jesus. Praise the Lord that Jesus went to the cross and drank down divine justice in our place. Drank down the cup of God's wrath for persistent sinners like you and me. So that when he rose from the grave, he could now give you and me access to the ear and the heart of our heavenly father forever. Sit here and think, why would the Lord do that? Why would the Father do that? Well, we heard it earlier, right? The Father always answers every prayer in the way that brings you the greatest joy and Him the greatest glory. So the Father, in His divine wisdom, chose to pour out His wrath on His one and only Son so that he could listen to us and love us with his steadfast love forever. So sons and daughters, this morning, let's keep praying because the Father is listening. Let's keep trusting that he will answer us and that one day we will be with him forever and we will be glad. Let's pray. Father, we ask, we ask that you would help us Lord, not only hear these words with our physical ears, but Lord, that we would hear them with our hearts. That we would hear and believe with all our hearts, Lord, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus for us. Lord, that he might drink the cup of God's wrath your holy, just wrath that we deserved in our place and that he would go to that cross and rise again three days later, Lord, that we might be forgiven and received and listened to and welcomed into your presence forever. So, Lord, I pray that for, for every son and daughter of the king, for every son and daughter of the king, Lord, who might be prayerless today, who maybe has given up on their marriage today, who who may be weary of sickness today, who maybe wants to give up because life seems so hard today, Lord, who feels so joyless, 
so filled with anxiety today. Lord, we ask that you would fill their hearts with faith to know that you're a God who's listening to them, leaning in to listen and love them. And Lord, you're a God who will answer them. Lord, for their joy and for your glory, Lord, I pray that you would fill their hearts to not give up, but to, Lord, pray in faith again and again, day after day, moment by moment. And, Lord, I pray for anybody here today that has never turned from their sin, their persistent sin that they are pursuing in this world, and, Lord, turn to you. Turned and seen Jesus Christ, who never once sinned, but persisted in prayer. And he went to the cross as our substitute and rose again. Lord, I pray for that heart that they would cry out today this simple prayer. Help me. Save me. Rescue me from my sin. That I might walk with you forever. Love you forever. Live for you in the glory of your name. Lord, would you work and answer this prayer this morning. Lord, would you help us as we respond? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.